so you may have been listening to the show, if you've been listening to the show, since the beginning. And you may be wondering, uh, why am I not talking about this blockbuster subpoena that has been issued for a document that talks about Joe Biden uh, having some alleged criminal scheme with a foreign country when he was vice president. Okay, I try to be fair and I try to be truthful and I try not to apply a different standard to one party than another. We were all (laughs) promised much by Adam Schiff and others investigating Trump during the Robert Mueller investigation. Nothing ever came of that because it was all made up garbage. It was funded by Hillary Clinton. It had Mark Elias and other Democrats' fingerprints all over it. It was a political hit job. Now, I don't think this is a political hit job by Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson in the Senate, nor by James Comer on the House Oversight Committee. But I would just like to have a little bit more specificity as to what this is. And of all places, I got a little bit more. I wanted to know, like what I really wanted to know was, okay, so I don't doubt that Biden did this. And the reason why I don't doubt that Joe Biden is super, super crooked is not just because of Hunter Biden's laptop, although that's part of it. But let's not gloss over the fact that Joe Biden is a very, 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 very rich man. And he became a very, 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 very rich man before Hunter Biden ever snorted his first line of coke off a stripper's belly. You know that and I know that. Because Joe Biden has not just one, not just two, but more than two very lucrative beach properties in Delaware. Now, I like real estate. I've been doing some research on Biden's real estate, and I see that Joe Biden is fascinated by real estate. I'm kind of fascinated by real estate. Joe has more than I do, so he's apparently done more with his fascination than I have. But one of the things that fascinates me about real estate is that You have to have enough money to put down on a property in order to get a loan for the property. And you have to have enough assets to offset the amount of money you get for a loan on the property in case you can't pay the loan on the property. So you can't just buy a multi-million dollar property with 10% down and no collateral. So I have a question. How did Joe Biden who went to the Senate, who knows when, like he was 29 years old. He's now 82. He went to the Senate. He didn't didn't serve in the Senate when he was under the age of 30, but he got elected when he was under the age of 30. So he was in the Senate like 40 years, okay? Then he was vice president for eight. Now he's president for far too long, two. (laughs) So we're at at least 50 years in government. And I just wanted to know, how do you acquire all these properties? How do you pay for all these properties? Because he's got a full-time gig. Like He's not like me. He's not like selling flooring on the side. He's not writing for a sports website. He's not advocating for Patriot Switch. He's got one job. Government. Did you know that being a U.S. senator did not pay more than $100,000 a year? <clears throat> Until 1991. So Joe Biden was in the Senate like 
a decade or more before he ever made $100,000 a year. Do you know that being in the U.S. Senate, poor J.D. Vance, even now does not make $200,000 a year as a U.S. Senator. He makes $174,000. $174,000. How do you acquire all that beach property if you're Joe Biden when you're not making that money? Which brings me to the alleged criminal activity, some scandal that Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley say they have uncovered. And I wanted to know, well, how does it make sense? Why would Joe Biden do that? He's vice president of the United States. He's on top of the world. He's going to be able to trade on that name once he gets out of office and going to be able to make millions and millions and millions and finally cash in after being a government shill for the better part of half a century. And then I came across this tweet from Geraldo Rivera. Now, Geraldo's the resident Democrat on Fox when he's on the five, what, like once a week. And here's Geraldo's tweet from yesterday when the news of this Biden criminal enterprise investigation came about. He said, does anybody really believe President Joe Biden was involved in a criminal bribery scheme? Dollars to donuts. It's another bogus blowhard pretend whistleblower. Okay, well, then I kept looking on Twitter and I kept looking on Twitter and I came upon a very very interesting thread from America's First Legal, who has a lawsuit against the National Archives trying to find out things about Hunter Biden's business activities that have been classified so that the National Archives says you can't see them. Now, why would Hunter Biden's business dealings be classified as sensitive government information that you can't see when Hunter Biden's never been elected to any kind of office. Well, I read the thread, and it's very interesting. New emails obtained from America First Legal's lawsuit against the National Archives provide further evidence that Hunter Biden's personal business activities co-mingled with Joe Biden's official business beginning in the vice president's first year in the White House. On May 18th, 2009, so a couple months after Biden became vice president, his deputy chief of staff sent an email with the subject line, Ethiopia. Oh, isn't that interesting? This investigation that Grassley and Johnson are talking about has to do with a foreign country and Joe Biden engaging in a criminal enterprise that benefited him financially. And now we go back to his first five months as vice president. And his chief of staff is sending an email with the subject line, Ethiopia. Now, Ethiopia, you're saying, that's a poor country, Bruce. How could Ethiopia help feather the nest of Joe Biden's financial real estate empire? Well, we're trying to find out because the National Archives says that they can't disclose the information because it would, and I quote, divulge confidential advice between the president and his advisors. Now, I would think that anything the vice president or president is discussing that would not be for the prying eyes of the American public would have to involve America's business, not Hunter Biden's business, not Joe Biden's personal business. I mean, it has to involve the U.S. government in some way, shape, or form. Would it not? Oh, wait. Here's another document that they did get. 
from 2009. Hunter Biden was a Secret Service protectee on an official trip to Ethiopia in June of 2009. Was Hunter Biden a government official in 2009? Why is he protected by the Secret Service? I mean, maybe you do protect the family of a vice president when you go to Ethiopia. How many people in Ethiopia do you think knew who Hunter Biden was in 2009? You're right, zero. And America's First Legal makes the point, if Hunter's trip to Ethiopia only involved his personal business, Hunter's business would not be subject to government secrecy, even if Joe Biden discussed it, because it doesn't have anything to do with U.S. government business. So just to plant that seed in your head, just so you're aware there's a lot of detail that yet has to come. A lot of detail has to come out. First of all, they got to find the document. <laughs> Which, again, you're asking Merrick Garland and his Justice Department to come up with a document that the whistleblower says was swimming around the Department of Justice sometime about some foreign country and Joe Biden having a criminal enterprise that was investigated. But if this grows into something... I know we've all been conditioned to think Ukraine, China. Keep in mind Ethiopia. And why would Ethiopia matter? Well, what do they have in Ethiopia that we all want? Trace minerals. For what? EVs. Is Biden an EV guy? Hmm. Final segment of the show, and I always say we should start a segment called uh, Today in Crazy. Uh, For that segment today, we would head to the University of Texas in Austin. Now, Texas is a very red state, and Austin is like a a blue blot of wokeism in the center of a red state. And the University of Texas is, of course, the flagship university of the state. And they have uh, something at Texas that they're working on, uh, something they're trying to uh, get out of the language at Texas. And the word they're trying to get out of the language at Texas is the word woman. (laughs) You know, that, that term that since the dawn of time, everybody's known what it meant. Until about five minutes ago when Supreme Court justices and everyone else on down, the chain of significance in our country couldn't begin to define it. Well, why is the University of Texas trying to get rid of the word woman? Not because they can't define it. Because it ends with the word men. That is why. So the school is now trying to start a new term. That means kind of the same thing, whatever the same thing is, because nobody knows what it is because they can't define it. They want to change the spelling of the word woman, W-O-M-A-N, or W-O-M-E-N, woman, singular, women, plural. They want to change it to women, W-I-M-M-I-N. Women. 
Uh, University of Texas Austin's Financial and Administrative Services Department has posted a language matters glossary of terms as part of their, wait for it, (laughs) diversity commitment program. Uh, The glossary defined important words such as gray sexual, I have no idea, and women, W-I-M-M-I-N. And it says right there, this is a non-standard spelling of the word woman being used by feminists to avoid the word ending M-E-N. The glossary has several other terms describing women, like womexen, W-O-M-X-N, and womin, W-O-M-Y-N. Wimexen is defined as a way to get away from patriarchal language. And it is also, as a special bonus, inclusive for trans women and non-binary people. Women, W-O-M-Y-N, is defined as similar to women, W-I-M-M-I-N. Do you have all that straight? I hope so. Try to keep up. Try to keep up with wokeism, okay? Um, this is the antithesis of knowledge, wisdom, truth, which are things that I advocate for here on this show. And as I have said many times, and as I will continue to say many times, because truth is not changing, so my opinion on it, its source, and the basis for what is true, none of that changes because God establishes what is true. And the book of Proverbs says, if you want wisdom, and a lot of things you can do, but the chief among them is to align your mind, your thoughts, with what God says wisdom is. In Proverbs 1, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge But fools at the University of Texas, Austin, despise wisdom and discipline. There was a great deal more throughout the book of Proverbs about wisdom. In fact, it's hard to read a book. It's hard to read a chapter of Proverbs without coming across a discourse on wisdom, whether it's a verse or multiple verses. But, of course, Proverbs and what it ingrains in your mind and heart And that's another thing that it says in Proverbs 4, I read it this morning, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Yes, your heart is where your life emanates from. It is the wellspring, the source of all life. What did uh, God tell the prophet Samuel when he told him to pick David as the next king of Israel? He said, yeah, he might not be the most impressive looking guy. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, I look at the heart. And in order to be Aligned with God, you need to align your heart with His. So let me just read you a little bit from Proverbs 4, starting in verse 10. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. And the next verse makes the presumption that if you do this, When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. 
Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way, for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. You look in our cities, you look at the mental health crisis, you look at the homelessness, you look at the crime, and what you see is clear evidence of a mindset that has strayed far from the truth of God, the knowledge of God, the submission to God, and to humility before God. And it all starts with, it would be an interesting study sometime. I will, uh, at some point in my life, complete it. I've previously thought I had completed it several times. I've endeavored to write down from the book of Proverbs every single time in a journal the phrase, the fear of the Lord, comes up. And note all the things that come with it. And the fear of the Lord is not just a healthy respect for his awesome, mighty power. But it's also an acknowledgement in fearing the Lord that he is the ultimate authority on all things. And that we are to esteem him and place him atop everything in our life. And for lack of a better term, check with him before we proceed in our own strength. That's what the verses I just read for you convey. Listen, my son, accept what I say in the years of the life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. We got a lot of crooked paths in our country now. We got a lot of people charting crooked paths in our country now, telling us, oh, you got to go this way. Educational justice, climate justice, food justice. How many, how many instances have I read for you today of things that are direct contradictions of things that are true, things that are beautiful, things that are virtuous, things that are wise. Not because I say they are, but because God says they are. 